0: How's it going? Good evening. Come on. How's it going? Good? Good I really appreciate Matt's uh, story because um, I stink also. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sitting next to Mandy and staff me, and I'm like, do I stink? Do I stink? And she goes, why? What? what are you talking about? So, it's like, Tuesday I let my dog out. We've been having these critters come in and raid our dog's food, and uh, usually they're possums. So my dog's going crazy, two dogs going crazy and I don't have my glasses on and so I let him out cuz he runs out there he's a retriever and he grabs onto this animal and it looks like a cat. I'm like, "Oh no, I got to rush out there and get hold of the cat so he doesn't hurt the cat." And all of a sudden it's not a cat, it's a skunk. And he just sprays everywhere. So our house Our still, house
1: still smells. Our
0: house still stinks. My hands stink and the dog really stinks and it's just one of those perfect storms of Everybody stinks. So that's, that's a good segue of everything. Uh, so I'm uh, Tobin, and I'm one of the pastors here, as Matt shared, and this is my wife, Christina. We have four kids. Four. Four kids. Good job. And we've been married for 20, 25. 25 years. Good okay. job. Okay. okay, that's good. So <laughs> we're, we're so honored to be able to share our story to you guys tonight.
1: Okay, so like Tobin said, my name is Christina. I'm going to try to stick to my script, although my husband doesn't like to do that. So we'll see how it goes. Um, my family has been from Dallas uh, since my grandparents moved here in before World War II or right after World War II. Um, my parents uh, met in their youth in their church youth group and were high school sweethearts. And um, I was born in Hong Kong. After my parents had moved overseas to do international business. So my background's a little bit unique. Um, My dad uh, was with Kodak in international business. And so I grew up as a third cultured kid is what they call them. Where you grew up in one culture, but you're from another culture. You kind of create your own culture. Uh, It's called a third cultured kid. So I'd only visited the U.S. once a year when I'd come back to see my family, my extended family, my relatives. And so my parents had me go to camp when I was little, uh, just to kind of get in with American kids and kind of be immersed back into this culture. And so when I was 12 years old, I went to a a camp and my counselor asked me, uh, if I was a Christian and I said, if I, if I love, and I said, of course I am. I love Jesus. Um, and, uh, but she said, have you ever prayed and asked Jesus into your life? And I said, well, I never actually prayed that actual prayer. And so um, right there on the top of the mountain, I prayed and asked Jesus into my life. Um, So whether that be the day that I was saved for eternity, or if it was before then, I can always look back and think, uh, and whenever I have doubts in my, in my faith, I can always look back at that specific time when I was 12 years old, and I can say, "That's when I became a believer, and, and, and nothing can take that away from my relationship with God. Um, my family uh, were strong believers, and I didn't realize that, that I had that love and acceptance in my family until I was older and realized not everybody had that. Um, Romans 10, 9, and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it, and it is with your mouth that you are confess and are saved. Awesome.
0: So my name is Tobin, and my family is actually from Montana, Texas, Colorado, New Jersey, Delaware, and Alabama. Uh, my dad was a sixth generation German farmer. I grew up on a ranch in Montana, but he did not want to be a sixth generation German farmer, and so he joined the Air Force. Uh, my parents met as athletes at Montana State University, and they got married soon afterwards. Um, I would say to say that I had a rough childhood would be a little understatement as a fighter pilot. If you, any military brat here, kids here, uh, pilots, we're just a different breed of people, and so um, I learned uh, didn't learn very much about marriage or life. Um, literally, if you were to tell me, "Hey, go to the Eckerds and get a, a Father's Day card for your parents, your dad, or a, a marriage card for your parents," I would walk in there and I would spend 30 minutes and just come out in a daze because none of the cards said anything that I felt or could honestly say with integrity. So I usually ended up getting a blank card and just writing something in that, Um, but it was a pretty interesting childhood growing up. I was born in Conley Air Force Base in Waco. Uh, My parents were not Christians. I basically grew up knowing uh, three things that made America great, God, guns, and guts. And so I learned at an early age that everybody needs to go to Hackett School, where you learn how to hack it. Uh, And so, uh, which is crazy. Uh, My parents gave me this name Tobin, which actually in Hebrew means, is Tobias, derivation. It means God is good. Um, But I didn't learn that growing up. I learned how to ride, I learned how to shoot, I learned how to hunt, and I learned how to work hard, but not much else. Uh, My parents ended up in the healthcare profession in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, We rarely went to church. Uh, even on a military basis, uh, when I think of my family, the life verses that stick out to me is kind of Judges 21, 25, which says, In those days there was no king in Israel, and everyone did what was right in their own eyes. Or another verse that stuck out to me is Proverbs 14:12: There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Uh, my dad was not home often because he was flying in the Vietnam War. Um, but part of my testimony is that I'd say I didn't really have a dad but I had four dads. And so God, in his mercy and graciousness, brought other men into my life at different stages of my life to help me. Uh, The first one was a guy named Andy Harris. Andy was a dentist, doctor in Montgomery. Um, And the Harris family basically found me wandering the neighborhood of this new apartment. When It was an apartment, a housing complex. Five or 600 houses were going to be built, and ours was the first four or five houses and they've kind of found me wandering the neighborhood, getting in trouble in houses as they're being built. And they just basically adopted me. And so I became their third son. Um, and I noticed right away that there was something incredibly different in Andy and Kay's marriage and in their family, and in their house. I saw how they treated each other. Uh, they, there was, uh, they, they actually loved each other, there was a mutual submission to each other, um, there was a kindness. In a gentleness, um, I didn't know what was going on at that time. I was like, I don't know what the heck's going on here, um, but I knew whatever was in this marriage and in these couples in their heart, uh, that's what was missing in my life. And I just knew that I, I wanted that. Um, I went to church with them on a May Sunday evening, and for the first time there in this little sleepy United Methodist church where people love Jesus, I heard the gospel for the first time. I heard about my own sinfulness. I heard about uh, my need for a holy God. I heard that about Jesus dying to bring me back to Him, uh, and that I could not earn it. Or it was a message of love and of grace, and not of works. And I knew that that was what was missing in my life. And I invited Christ into my life, or I, op- the Lord, at that moment opened my eyes to the beauty of His Son Jesus. The verse that stuck out to me is Romans 5.10, which says, For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life.
1: So since I was raised um, as a global kid or international child, um, I was discouraged when I went to TCU here back in Fort Worth, not meeting um, guys that knew much more about the world than their small hometown. Um but one day after I joined staff with a group, Quare Church group called Campus Crusade for Christ, I heard that there's this guy who was also on staff who'd been to China. And he knew some Chinese. So I was like, ooh, okay. So somebody who knows about the area of the world that I grew up in. So I'm going to go place myself next to him at some lunch, you know. Strategically put myself next to him at lunch. Um, And then so at at a staff conference, we sat next to each other. And after the conversation, we had this conversation, just the two of us.
0: We hated each other.
1: No, we did not hate each other.
0: We 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 did not hate
1: each other. We were indifferent. We were like... (laughs) I just decided to write him off, you know? You meet a guy, you're like, okay, check, forget it, forget him, you know? Um, But I I found, actually, I found him kind of arrogant. I was like, I was thinking, who does this guy think he is? He was like, he acted like he was single-handedly going to save all of China for Christ. And I grew up in Asia, and I thought, if anybody knows about China. It's me because I grew up there my whole life. So who was being prideful? I was the one being prideful. But three years later, I didn't, I said, we left. We didn't, I didn't see him for three whole years. I moved to China. Yeah, he moved to China, uh, literally. And then um, three years later, I was moving down uh, to the University of Texas on the, on the crew staff team. And I remember um, asking the people I was going to work with, so who is on on my staff team? Who's going to be on my staff team? And they were like, so-and-so, 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 and 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 a guy named Tobin Miller. And I literally remember praying, okay, dear Lord, just help me get along with this one. And my prayer, my joke, my joke is I still pray that prayer. (laughs) But after that, we became fast friends And, uh, but now that we were in the age of 29 and 34 and very independent, we had lots of fears and concerns about marriage. One of our mentors said that they never met two people who tried to find every reason not to get together. But when we ran out of excuses, we gave in and we got married.
0: Yeah. So my dad left our family my junior year of college. I remember it pretty vividly. It kind of rocked my world. Um, from that point on, I kind of lost interest in long-term relationships because I was, always had this kind of fear that I would become like my dad, kind of like Star Wars, Luke Skywalker, becoming Darth Vader. Uh, that was kind of my fear. I was gonna, I was gonna, that, was, that was what was going to happen to me. Um, so I, I kind of stuck to superficial relationships in my studies. I worked in a trauma unit, and I wanted to be a, a trauma doctor, to become a doctor, and I took a break from medical school, and came on staff with a group called Campus Crusade for Christ. And I was a chaplain of the athletic teams for the University of Texas for about 12 years. And then I went off on this stint after Christina and I met, and we were indifferent to each other. And it was supposed to be a two-year stint, but you know God had other plans for me and in Asia, and he started working things in my life. I started working in the underground church and seeing God do some crazy things in communist countries. And it was on a break back at UT that the Lord brought Christina back into my life. And at first I just remembered our past experience and I thought, okay, she's just another girl. Don't lose your focus. You're on a mission. God's called you. Keep doing that. Um, But God had other plans. And so we started hanging out and we became close friends. And as she said, uh, all of our friends, we have some close friends in the church here, Robbie Rice and some of them have known us for 30 years. And they said, hey, we've probably never met two people who were exactly the opposite more than you guys. That's a terrible word to phrase it. But We were just totally different in everything. The only thing that we were the same was in our assessment and marital assessment was our our relationship with the Lord and our desire to do ministry together.
1: Okay, so our first year of marriage was full of high highs and low lows. I felt like I had waited so long for the Lord's confirmation on whom to marry and had high expectations and desires to experience God's uh, design of oneness in marriage. If God's example on earth of how he desires intimacy with us is shown in marriage, then I want it. I quickly realized that on my wedding day, what I was saying to the Lord when I got married was, if Tobin is unable or not able or cannot meet my needs, then I am committed to to getting those needs met only by you, Lord." as we would often hurt each other's feelings. uh, Tobin would come in like a rhino, uh, addressing things head on, um, and I would retreat like a hedgehog, being sensitive and closing down. I'm sure y'all can relate to this. Um, This would turn into a a vicious downward spiral that I didn't know how to get out of. Um, And it was often over relatively small things as well. Basically, we had poor conflict resolution skills. I remember Tobin would go into his room, his study room, and lock the door at times, and I would feel so cut off from him, the very opposite of the oneness that I was talking about. Later, after we had kids and coming from two very different backgrounds, Tobin, one of being truth-oriented and myself being one more of grace-oriented, we had trouble again. Uh, we were conflicting over how to parent these kids that God gave us. We have four. And uh, we both felt like we were sacrificing and submitting more than the other one
0: was. So raise your hands if you feel like you're sacrificing, submitting more than your partner. <laughs> you're lying. Because everybody feels like they're doing that more than the other one, right? If you're honest. And, and that was us for sure. So we got married in HP as our families at, her, at Christina's Sandwich Church. And I soon realized, guys, that I was in serious trouble. Um, I actually was having a crisis of faith uh, in this relationship. Uh, six months into our marriage, um, I realized I didn't, I didn't love Christina. Um, I didn't love her the way that she loved me. My whole life, love was performance-based. You love because you do things for me, or I love because you do things for me, or I give you things to show you that I love you. And all of a sudden here was a girl who just loved me for who I was. I can remember going to my second spiritual father, Dr. John Hanna at DTS, and I said, man, I'm I'm in serious trouble. I don't know what to do here. And he kind of laughed, but then he shared with me just my trouble was that I've never had anybody live out a gospel of grace life to me, that my life had always been performance-based. And here I was living with a wife who, by her actions and heart, was living out something that I'd only studied in seminary, and had only had a head knowledge and a little hand knowledge of it, but I'd never experienced it in a human relationship. And so it was, it was, it was just overwhelming to me. Um, and so on a human level, it was just like, wow, this is amazing. So Christina was living out the gospel for me, in a message that I had learned every day, but I had never lived out in a relationship with other people. I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but for me, it just kind of it caused a crisis of faith for me. Ezekiel 32 is one of my favorite passages. And in that passage, Ezekiel says, hey, the, the Lord wants to give us a new heart. He wants to put a new spirit within us. He wants to remove our heart of stone. And I would say, I had this heart of stone, and he's, especially towards relationships. And he wants to replace it with a heart of flesh. Uh, The next big lesson that the Lord began to teach us was through a series of health struggles. So it seems like God used health struggles in our marriage uh, in many different ways. And so we had waited so long to get married, we thought, well, we just have kiddos because everybody else is just having kiddos. Um, But it didn't go that smoothly. And and so we had this series of miscarriages. And it was really kind of brutal because we were living in mainland China. And I'm pastoring this small church in our living room, and Christina's going through a miscarriage on a telephone with Philadelphia doctors, talking her through what, what's going to happen next and what's going to happen next. And so we had a, a series of those uh, miscarriages. And then we were traveling through the country of Laos, and we were going down to Thailand for a retreat with our group, and we found out that Christina was pregnant. And we were, we were really encouraged because we had tried so hard for her to get pregnant. Um, and one night in our hotel in the middle of nowhere, outside of Pattaya, Thailand, Christina's ovarian artery ruptures because she was having an ectopic pregnancy and the baby got too big for the fallopian tubes and just blew out the fallopian tubes and it blew out her artery. And so all of a sudden we're in the middle of nowhere with my wife bleeding out. Didn't know doctors, didn't know where we were. I mean, we're in the middle of nowhere. I remember picking her up and running downstairs outside and, and, and everything had shut down in this massive resort. And so all of a sudden this guy just kind of pulled up in his car. And he pulled up, and I said, hospital. And he took us to this hospital, and we came about uh, five minutes from losing her. And it continued just to realize that God is good, and that we can trust him in our lives, um, in our marriage, and in our kiddos, and whatever else we can face on this crazy journey. And we realized that there was more craziness to come.
1: Okay. Okay. So the outcome of my miscarriages and the ectopic rupture and the fact that I'm still alive today is truly a miracle. Uh, having three more kids after that and only having half of my insides is even more of a miracle, but it's a testimony of God's timing and how our family came to be and who each of those kids are in our family. Uh, my story of my children's birth and adoption is it's a whole other story. But to add to that, six months after moving to Hong Kong, we moved from mainland China to Hong Kong, uh, with three kids at that time, Tobin at the age of 40, hear this 40 in the middle of the night, woke up with pain in his chest. We didn't have a car at the time. And I knew, I knew calling an ambulance in that culture would have taken longer than me getting a taxi to go to the hospital, um, so, but I was afraid that he was going to pass out on me, and I knew I couldn't pick him up. And so at 3 a.m. in the morning, we left our apartment, and as we approached an empty road, a taxi went speeding by. I, I, I can picture it today, right now. And um, I yelled at it, and it stopped. And it took us to the Heart Hospital in Hong Kong that I didn't even know existed. Um, it was at that moment when the taxi stopped after it shouldn't have heard me, you know, from that far away either, um, that God was saying, uh, he gave me peace. And it was it was as if he was saying, I've got this. You don't need to worry. And it took two trips to the hospital that night uh, for them to figure out that Tobin was having a heart attack.
0: Yeah. So I thought I was going to die. I mean, it was incredible pain. And I'd worked in a trauma unit, but I wasn't presenting any of the symptoms that you would normally have when a person came in. So I just first thought I had bad indigestion. And I can remember passing Christina my wedding ring and my watch. And I said, as I walked it got pushed into the OR, and I basically said, I'll see you in heaven. Um, Because I had just lost my best friend from a heart attack about a month earlier. Um, And and now I just figured, okay, God wants me back. Uh, But again, God had other plans, and I survived the heart attack. And through this series of near-death experiences in our life, God has completely changed how Christina and I look at our lives and our life in marriage from that point onward. I mean, we realize that life in marriage is short, and so that he wanted us to live our lives more intentionally. We, we go on date nights every Thursday night, and about every third date night, I ask a question. I ask a couple questions. I ask a lot of questions. And the question is, do we have any regrets? Do we have any regrets of things we've said or haven't said or didn't say or should have done or did or not so that if she were to walk out that door and I were never to see her again, would I have any regrets? And so God was teaching us how to live life without regrets, um, and, and just he used those series of near-death experiences for that in our lives. Um, we realized, and this is going to sound really terrible probably as a pastor, especially from America, but, you know, money is not the greatest stewardship, but time is in your marriages, in relationships are. Because I realized after having a heart attack that I can always make more money, but I can't make more time. And I can always make more money, but I can't get rid of these regrets if I'm not around anymore. And so it really taught us how to live more intentionally in our marriage and to treasure the time that we have with each other and to realize that it's just for a short period of time and then it's gone. Romans 6 says, don't you realize that you became a slave to whatever you choose to obey? You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. So one of the questions we want to ask you tonight is, what are you a slave to? What do you serve? So far in 25 years of marriage and our journey, we've continued to learn and live life uh, with this idea of no regrets. No regrets. We are learning to live more intentionally with each other, to not take each other for granted, uh, to realize that we're on the same team. Um, you know, I don't know about you guys, but I, it took me a long time to learn that marriage was a team sport. I just thought that here's a person with a different uniform on, and I needed to, to beat that person and win in that person. And I just did my daughter's uh, wedding last month. I was able to perform her wedding, and I always bring up a uniform and at the end of it I talk about things I've learned and one of the things I learned is that marriage is a team sport and you're on the same team and you're wearing the same you're going off topic you know, you're using the same uniform and so instead of beating that person God has called you to come together to serve to help to complete and to run the race together awesome I'm back on topic
1: thank you good job good job um our marriage uh we feel like has been a quite an adventure for us. Uh, we're, we've learned so much through all these times uh, in our life together. Um, in addition to what Tobin has said about what the Lord is teaching us, I am learning to give thanks to the Lord for all things, mostly for my husband. Um, it's funny how, uh, you, you know, I didn't used to appreciate the little things that he is interested in, including the watch that he, he, we- he wears and until he almost died, and then when he almost died, now his watch is one of my most fond mem- uh, things of him that make me think about him. Um, I'm also learning to give I'm also learning um, how to give uh, my fears to the Lord. Isaiah 43:18 and 19 says, "Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. see I am doing a new thing." We have grown in our communication skills and our conflict resolution um, through uh, gaining the Lord's perspective and things like this, through reengage and things like this. Um, I'm continually giving up my expectations to the Lord and watching Him provide in ways that I could have never imagined um, as we move closer, as we continually to move closer towards oneness in the Lord each and every day. In Deuteronomy 31 says, Be strong and courageous. Uh, Do not fear or be terrified, for the Lord your God goes with you, and he will never leave you nor forsake you. The Lord has given us a heart to encourage and help um, others in their marriages along the way. Um, We want you to know that we want the best for each of you as couples. Uh, We don't know how much time any of us have here left on earth. But we want to make the most of it by living intentionally in community with others uh, that are going to point us towards our good God, right? Um, The Lord has used re engage and other marriage resources specifically to help me to be a continual student of Tobin um, and to help me grow in my understanding of who he is, who that one is, (laughs) and how I can love him. And I ask God every step of the way for his guidance and his help, which basically means I just pray a lot. Uh, Ephesians 5, 20, uh, 32 says, um, this is what the whole, it, it's the whole mystery of God, what God calls marriage
0: is. Yeah. So I'm going to close this by just saying uh, we, we really believe that God wants to give every one of us as his children a new heart, uh, a heart for him, a heart for our spouse, a heart for others. Um, we continue to be in awe of God's faithfulness to us in so many ways, and we are more than confident uh, in this, His desire for our marriage and for your marriage is greater than your desire for your marriage, that God wants your marriage to succeed more than you want your marriage to succeed. The question for us and for me and for you is, will you trust Him? Will you trust God to be good? Which is how I began my story with that name and trying to figure out exactly what that means in our marriage. Do you trust God to be in control? Do you trust God to be enough in your life and your marriage? Psalm 34 says, "O taste and see that the Lord is good. How blessed is the man and woman who takes refuge in Him." Our prayer tonight is for every one of you guys that this this will be true, that you could trust the Lord and realize that He's good. Uh, Can I pray for us? Is that okay? Yeah. Uh, Father, thank you. <clears throat> Father, thank you for my brothers and sisters here tonight. And I don't know where they're at on their spiritual journey, but you know where they're at. And the amazing thing is your mercy and grace never finishes, it never runs out. That you sought us when we were far away, walking in darkness, and you pointed us to the beauty of your son, Jesus. And at first, we wanted nothing to do with him, but you continued to woo us with your love in your grace, and your compassion. And we saw him as beautiful. And you allowed us to come into your family. And I pray for each one of these precious marriages here tonight, that you would open their eyes to the beauty of marriage, to the preciousness of making the most of their time, to being good stewards of relationships and the gospel and the gifts in each other. And we thank you for this opportunity to learn and to grow. We need you We need you desperately because we all stink, and we need your help. We love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.